This is Franchise Today, brought to you by FRM Solutions, providers of the best-in-class software solutions for franchise relationship management. Franchise Today is your destination for weekly information, conversations, and interviews with accomplished industry leaders, all of whom share best practices for sustainable growth and sensible franchising. Here now, your host, Stan Friedman, to kick off this week's podcast. Today is Wednesday, May 19th. I'm Stan Friedman, and this is Franchise Today. Well, today we're going to continue on the post-COVID journey, and as life seems to be getting back to normal, so too will the podcast, featuring the more historic bill of fare, as opposed to some of the tales of the trenches I've been sharing over this past year. And speaking of historic, today's conversation with Greg Koffler, Vice President of Franchising for the iconic Roy Rogers Restaurants, could not be any closer to a bullseye in that regard as Roy Rogers has a 50-plus year history as a brand originally established back in the 60s. But first, many thanks to Leo Rezig for joining us last week. Talk about a fun-loving guy at the helm of an amazing company, one that's on a mission to make money while having serious fun, helping restaurants, bars, grills, in fact, any business that has a TV screen, completely cut their overpriced cable TV costs and replace them with Atmosphere TV's 100% free programming option. Or in cases where cable is still needed because of sports programming, Atmosphere TV can augment cable, providing more entertaining alternatives with audio optional programming that is guaranteed to extend a customer's time spent at the location, usually translating to a higher average ticket per visit. We'll be talking more about that in the weeks ahead as Atmosphere joins our roster of advertisers. But today, we're going to be talking about the re-emergence of the iconic, historic Roy Rogers restaurant chain, once more than 600 locations strong, as it is choosing another historic moment in time to double down on the brand's value proposition, reputation, and cachet as it rides back into the QSR space with an entirely reworked footprint, but with the same brand standards and quality that made them famous for more than 50 years. When I return in two minutes or less, Greg Koffler, We'll be here to tell us all about it. Franchise Today will be right back. But first, a word from our sponsors. We are all familiar with Vistage, YPO, and EO. Well, now comes Zor Forum, a somewhat similar type of executive group, but this one comes with a twist. Zor Forum groups are exclusively for franchisors. Imagine a peer group for sharing and networking on a platform built exclusively for franchise executives. Zor Forum members are afforded unparalleled access to best practices and some of the brightest minds within the franchising world through regular meetings and a dedicated communications platform. In this post-COVID world, a franchise-specific mastermind or peer group is an endeavor worth making time for. Zor Forum groups of 6 to 10 will bring leaders together that are in similar situations, but with exclusivity in terms of their competitive sets, so that each can openly help others benefit from their respective knowledge, perspective, and experience with no fear of competitive loss. Network, learn, strategize, and remain motivated along your journey. 
Join a peer group, not just any peer group. Join the only one designed for emerging franchisors. Join Zor Forum. Learn more at zorforum.org. That's www.zorforum.org. So, as the story goes, in 1968, a group of big boy restaurant franchisees opened up Roby's House of Beef Restaurants in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Marriott acquired the restaurant with plans to expand it nationwide. However, during the acquisition, Arby's sued the chain for trademark infringement, needing to change the name. Bob Wayne, the founder of Big Boys and a member of the Marriott board, reached out to his friend and famous cowboy, Roy Rogers, who at the time happened to want to get into the chain restaurant business. And so a deal was made. In exchange for the use of his name and likeness, Roy Rogers would receive a licensing fee as well as payment for personal appearances at the restaurants. The fast food chain was booming and Roy Rogers' locations were popping up everywhere. Under the control of Marriott, over 600 restaurants were opened, but in 1990, Marriott's strategy shifted as they decided to focus solely on hotels, selling the Roy Rogers brand to Amasco, then the parent company of Hardee's. Over time, Amasco started converting many Roy Rogers into Hardee's locations, and what they didn't convert, they sold to competing brands like Wendy's. McDonald's, and Boston Market. In the end, only about 50 locations were saved. Well, fast forward the tape, and the Plamondon family, who played an integral role in launching and overseeing Roy Rogers restaurants, as well as being early stage franchisees, now owns and controls the brand, and it will take a lot more than a pandemic to slow down their plans for the reemergence of this iconic brand. Here to tell us all about it, the guy who has been entrusted with taking point on that second bite of the apple, my good friend, Greg Koffler. Greg Koffler, welcome to Franchise Today. Thank you, Stan. Glad to be here. Pleasure having you, Greg. I was trying to think how long it's been since we've known each other, and I think I've taken it back to 2013 or so, which would have put you at Corner Bakery. I guess that's about right, isn't it? Yeah, I started Corner Bakery in 2012, but yeah, I believe uh, shortly thereafter, you and I met through Jonathan Benjamin. And that's how I know it was 2013, because 2012, I wasn't at FRM Solutions yet, but that's where I was and how we met. So yep, it was our mutual friend, Jonathan Benjamin, that brought us both together. But that wasn't the beginning of your franchise career, was it, Greg? So take us back to the start and tell us how franchising found you. Yeah, interesting story. After I graduated from Arizona State University, I went the entrepreneurial route and started a a business that provided services to attorneys. I did that, ran that for 12 years, ended up selling it. And then uh, I got into the mortgage business and opened up a a mortgage brokerage and bank in, in Phoenix, Arizona, and did that until it was no longer possible. The financial crash of 2008 put an end to that business. And at that time, my good friend, uh, we'll mention him again, Jonathan Benjamin, was a vice president of franchise sales at a company called U.S. Franchise Systems. And they were a hotel franchisor. They had two brands, uh, Microtel Inn & Suites and Hawthorne Suites. And I reached out to Jonathan and I said, hey, I think I need to do something different now that the mortgage business has has ended. And he said, listen, I think you'd be great at this franchise sales gig. And uh, do you want me to get you an interview? So said, sure. So I interviewed with with Mike and Tim Muir, who are um, icons in in the franchising world uh, relative to hotels. Flew to Atlanta, met with Mike and Tim, and and they gave me my start. They put me uh, on the bench, so to speak, and and, uh, I had to go through an intense six-month training program with Mike and Tim and Jonathan. 
before they allow me to even get on the phone and start trying to sell franchises. My original territory for U.S. franchise systems was Arkansas and Missouri. And so I was handling that territory from Phoenix, Arizona. And uh, from there, uh, Wyndham came in shortly thereafter and, and purchased U.S. franchise systems. And by the time my, my tenure was over with, with Wyndham Hotels, I was responsible for all new construction projects on the West Coast. So, Greg, you spend time in the hotel side of conversion business. I used to do that on the real estate side. My company was probably a predecessor to Wyndham, which was Realogy, I think is what it's called today. But back then it was HFS Ascendant. Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. That was the predecessor to Wyndham Hotels. So I don't know how it was on the Wyndham side. I'm, I'm assuming it was much better on the on the Ascendant side. I don't mind telling you some of the best lessons I've ever taken in life about what not to do as a franchisor came out of those years that I spent with that organization. Yeah, so um, for me, I, I learned a tremendous amount from from Mike and Tim in terms of training and what not to do. You know, at Wyndham, they they took a number of us from U.S. Franchise Systems and, and rolled us up into into the Wyndham group. But I will tell you, coming from U.S. Franchise Systems, uh, we did not do any conversion stand of hotels. Everything we did was new construction. Hmm. And, and so our team at Wyndham was really the exclusive new construction team that they brought on board because everybody else there was conversion based. And so every every micro hotel in and suites that was built around the country was always ground up construction, uh, never a conversion. That's Interesting. Still to this day. Yeah, still to Interesting. This day. So fast forward from there and get us into the broader world of general franchise development. What came next? Yeah. So uh, the opportunity to join Corner Bakery came next. Uh, Jonathan Benjamin left Wyndham. Uh, became the VP of franchise sales at Corner Bakery and asked me to join him there. And so I did, came in as director of franchise sales. And it was great because I I always had a passion for the restaurant space. And this was a a great jumping off point for me. Not long after I joined, Jonathan left Corner Bakery to move on to another opportunity. And I was promoted to VP of franchise sales. And my career took off from there. I I spent uh, almost five years at Corner Bakery running their franchise sales and development efforts. I was fortunate enough to meet a mentor there by the name of Mike Nolan. Mike Nolan came on board as a chief development officer. Uh, He had come from Panera Bread as their chief development officer. And uh, he had built over 1,200 restaurants for Panera. And under his mentorship, I learned a tremendous amount about the development side, construction, as well as real estate. That piece was missing from my toolkit, but then I I was able to, uh, again, gain all that information from Mike and and use it moving forward. And you did move forward. And some other iconic brands that you've served wanted to share some of those with the audience. Yeah, I ran global franchise sales for uh, Smashburger for a while, also for Johnny Rockets. And then uh, I found myself as chief development officer for Orange Theory Fitness, uh, which was a great opportunity for me uh, where I was able to utilize my real estate construction knowledge as well as my franchise sales knowledge. And that was an amazing opportunity for me. After that, I went to uh, Paris Baguette and ran domestic and international franchise sales for that brand. And now I find myself running franchise sales and development for the iconic Roy Rogers Restaurants brand. And we're going to spend a minute talking about the Roy Rogers Restaurant brand 
and how well suited you are to be prepared by all of that life experience that you've had for a very targeted and a very strategic approach to franchise development with a brand that's got over 50 years of history behind it. I remember Roy Rogers and was my go-to place for roast beef, even more so than Arby's. And I guess that's who I grew up with. Arby's sandwiches were always the place for roast beef. McDonald's or Wetson's back in the early days in New York was always the place for a burger. And I don't think it's around anymore, but it was Don't Cook Tonight called Chicken Delight was the early place in my growing up years way back when. Dan, uh, let me ask you this. Where, where did you grow up? Brooklyn, New York. Yeah, me too. So when you mentioned Wetson's and Chicken Delight, wow. What, <laughs> what, what part of Brooklyn? I grew up in Brighton Beach. Brighton uh, Beach. Okay. I grew up down the street in Canarsie. Coney Island Avenue, right at the boardwalk. Canarsie used to go horseback riding at Bergen Beach, right on the beach. Wow. And who can ever forget the smell that used to emanate from close to Canarsie? I think the Department of Sanitation had their incinerators and their dumps pretty close to Canarsie. And yeah. right down the Del Parkway, you could you knew where you were. Yeah, I had a water treatment plant as well to go along. <laughs> so there you go. Another little known tidbit from the little known book of little known facts and we find right. it all together right here so you were pretty well prepared for i guess is the point i was making is you were pretty well prepared for what you're about to embark upon now and i think it's kind of neat that if i remember right roy rogers was always famous as the triple threat so you didn't have to have a burger place a chicken place or a roast beef place you had the triple threat with roy rogers they had all three right yeah that's correct and that continues to this day so tell us what's brought this iconic brand back to the idea of growth, especially now. I mean, we've been through a year and a half of amazingly difficult times for people in food, all people in all businesses, but a lot of food has struggled. And here comes Roy Rogers after a 50-year history as an iconic brand, bringing the brand back with, I think it's what, 20 or 25 units on the company and 20 and 25 on the franchise side. Is that ballpark correct? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. So what's the vision that has them taking on a guy like you, then that's going to happen. I mean, they brought you on, it's going to happen. So what is it that they're looking at as the reason in these times post-COVID to take the plunge and double down on growth? Yeah. So we have to rewind a little bit, Stan, and go back to not the beginning, because uh, I think most people will know that Roy Rogers was founded and started by the Marriott Hotel Company. But I will tell you, the the, uh, the executive of Marriott that was responsible for developing Roy Rogers was Pete Plamondon. And he was able to grow the brand to almost 600 restaurants at the height of it. Marriott had some cash issues and they ended up selling the Roy Rogers brand to Hardy's restaurants. And then Hardy's converted a lot of the stores into Hardy's and sold off a lot of others to McDonald's for the real estate. Then if you fast forward to the early 2000s, Pete Plamondon decided that he wanted to buy the brand back. And so he did. And the brand at that time had around 40 restaurants. They, they added a few more company stores. And then about 10 years ago, Pete Jr. and Jim, the sons of Pete Sr., took over the brand from their dad. And they started running the day-to-day -day operations. And then they realized three years ago, you know, we have a great brand here. We're just not growing it. And we need some help. We need new life in the brand. We need to produce a new prototype. We need to value engineer the prototype. We need to redo the menu, so to speak, bring in some new LTOs. So they brought in an executive from Duncan by the name of Jeremy Beiser. 
And Jeremy joined the brand three years ago with the understanding that a lot of work needs to take place to get the brand ready to grow again. And so at the end of last year, they reached out to me interested in joining as the VP of franchise sales. And I went through the interview process, met all the people, fell in love with the brand, fell in love with the ownership, with the executive team and decided, yeah, you know what? This is something I really want to do. And I will tell you that Jeremy has positioned the brand now for growth. And you mentioned COVID, of course, the positioning of the brand in the QSR space with the drive-through did us well through COVID. Of course, the first couple of months, everybody was shut down. Sure. But Our sales last year were so incredibly strong. Our sales year to date, incredibly strong. Same store sales are way up. Uh, And not just because we're trending over a a COVID year, but because we did well last year. And so the brand is really positioned well now. We have the new prototype design, not just for a freestanding building, but for some of the non-traditional venues that we're in as well. Travel stops along the throughways in New York, New Jersey, Pennsylvania. So yeah, we're well positioned and we're ready to, we're really ready to grow this brand. So let's talk about the value proposition from the consumer's perspective. What is it that lights it up for the consumers about the Roy Rogers brand? Yeah. So you touched on it earlier, Stan. It's a triple threat. Our fried chicken is certainly amongst the best in the business, and it always has been. Our roast beef sandwiches are amazing. The top round, U.S. choice top round, is roasted in store every morning and then sliced fresh for the consumer when they order their sandwich, unlike some of our competitors that are in the roast beef space. And of course, we have amazing burgers. So the the triple threat, whatever your family wants to eat, we have it. You don't need to make multiple stops to satisfy a family. Awesome. Let's do this, Greg. Let's take a short break. And when we come back, let's talk about what it is exactly the mission looks like for 2021, 22, and 3 and beyond in terms of the new slate for growth and development, whether it's going to be regional, whether it's going to be global, whether it's going to be traditional, non-traditional, and maybe all of the above. We're going to come back and talk about that and more when the conversation continues with Greg Koffler, Vice President of Franchising for Roy Rogers Restaurants. We'll be right back. Franchise Today will be right back, but first, a word from our sponsors. This portion of Franchise Today is brought to you by Zoracle, providers of spot-on profiles, the gold standard of assessment tools that assure you're selecting the right franchisees every time. Unlike DISC or others that simply gauge personality or communication styles, Zoracle's spot-on assessments are all franchise-specific and based upon seven sciences that nail the results each and every time. Your prospects simply answer a few questions online, and like magic, Zoracle's algorithms scientifically slice, dice, and analyze their thresholds for risk, their business acumen, and even their propensity for single or multi-unit ownership. Zoracle's spot-on analysis is like having a crystal ball. But there's no hoodoo here. It's all based upon science that flawlessly determines franchisee, franchisor compatibility, and accurately predicts performance. Why don't you schedule a demo today and take a complimentary look and see for yourself. It's the closest thing to a sure thing. Zoracle, spot on assessments based on science, but delivering results that seem simply magical. Check them out at www.zoracleprofiles.com. 
And we're back and the conversation continues with Greg Koffler, Vice President of Franchising for the iconic Roy Rogers restaurants re-emerging post-COVID at a time where others might scratch their heads and say, really, what a time. But as I think you said earlier, Greg, you were around in 2008 and doing things when people were having a hard time finding access to capital. There were a great many people who really, really picked up and ran at a time where others were in retreat. So not unusual here to hear of businesses that are growing and starting and thriving out of COVID, but there are probably far more that have gone the other direction. So I applaud your ownership for not only investing in the future, but doing it with something that's got such history behind it as well. Yeah. Thank you, Stan. I appreciate that. So let's talk about the way forward. What's that going to look like? Footprint today is pretty much the Northeast. Is that right? Yeah. The Northeast, uh, mid-Atlantic from Virginia through Maryland, into uh, West Virginia, Pennsylvania, New York, New Jersey. So that's where the footprint is today, which is great because it, we, we have a good concentration of stores that we can easily support from our, our home office here in Frederick, Maryland. In terms of growing outside of this area, yeah, we're, we're definitely looking at the Northeast and, and then South into into the Carolinas, Florida, the Southeast, uh, and then um, as far West as Texas for right now. So that's our growth plan in terms of territory. And we think that, that uh, that'll serve us well, not only from a support standpoint, but also from a supply chain standpoint. You know, We wanna make sure that we're able to support all of our franchisees as they open their stores. So yeah, that's our plan. And speaking of footprint, from the size of the unit itself, how large is a typical Roy Rogers going to be and how much of that is going to be inline strip versus a standalone freestanding building with multiple drive-throughs? Yeah. So, you know, moving forward, a majority of our stores are freestanding drive-through. The new prototype that uh, we've developed is about 2,200 square feet. We've shrunk the, uh, the dining room size for obvious reasons. Most of the business is going through the drive-through now. Not certain that that will shift all that much once we come out of COVID. And none of us know what that even looks like when we say come out of COVID, just don't know. Right. Uh, but certainly uh, the new prototype has has less dining space and, and more capacity for drive-through, as well as the delivery modalities, making sure that they're able to come in and out of the of the store easily, pick up what they need to and, and, and bring it to our customers who have ordered through delivery. So that, that's where we are today. We also have new prototypes for uh, for non-traditional, for travel, travel centers throughout the Northeast and beyond. College campuses have a meeting tomorrow with a major university here in the Northeast to, to bring Roy Rogers back on their campus. We were once there. Can't mention the name of the university yet, but certainly look for that announcement once once we sign the deal. Airports as well, casinos. So yeah, we're well prepared to uh, to take on a number of different modalities as we grow the brand. What's your take on frictionless transactions and technology? And especially if I'm driving down a throughway and I can see that I'm two or three exits away from a rest stop that has a Roy Rogers, am I going to be able to order on an app and pick up at a window? You will be able to, Stan. Those initiatives are currently in the works. The big initiative we had during COVID was speed of service through the drive through Through some technology that we've implemented, we have decreased our turn time in the drive through to about... 220 seconds is where we're at currently. 
which is strong for us and strong for any QSR. So that's where the initiative went to begin with, to increase the speed of service in the drive-through. Next will be the, the frictionless, the app, ordering online, being able to pick up at a window or actually come into the store and pick up your food in, in a cubby, things of that nature. But our first initiative had to be speed of service through the drive-through. What's the plan look like for the balance of 21 and into 22 in terms of number of units and how aggressive is that development program going to look? Yeah, so that's a great question. Our new franchise sales website is going to be launched next week. We've partnered with a PR marketing firm out of Atlanta that I've had a long-standing relationship with by the name of Trevelino Keller. Really amazing, amazing folks, super talented. So they're helping us with our PR marketing, redoing our website. So that'll launch next week. Of course, we have fully onboarded FRM solutions to be our CRM provider. So thank you for that. Thanks for the plug. Of course, of course. (laughs) And so we're going to start generating leads here very soon. You're going to see Roy Rogers through various publications, QSR, Franchise Times, Nation's Restaurant News, eBlast, LinkedIn, Facebook. We're going to tap into all the major verticals that we can to tell a Roy Rogers story. And what we're looking for are those multi-unit operators that have the infrastructure that want to add another brand, a strong brand iconic brand to their portfolio and grow with us. That's what we're looking for. We're not looking for single unit operators or you know, I hate to use this term, but mom and pops. That's not our go to market strategy. We're looking for those high level multi-unit operators that can grow with us in their markets and beyond. I think what's interesting, while some may say on one hand, all right, with only 25 or 50 units in total, why would a multi-unit operator look toward a Roy Rogers with any level of credibility? But the reality in my mind is what could be more credible than a 50-year history of a brand that's got deep roots and lots of available territory where some of those other brands that those operators might be thinking about could be sold out. Yeah, that's a great point, Stan. Yeah, of course, the iconic nature of the brand is one aspect of it, but you also have to look at the unit level economics, which is what a multi-unit operator will be looking at, right? Yeah, we have a long-standing history and people love the Roy Rogers brand, but does it make sense from a financial perspective? And if you look at our latest FDD, the top 25% quartile of our restaurants, the AUVs are $2.3 million. Strong number. The only question then I would raise is, given the triple threat is what the triple threat is, would prior exclusions kind of preclude some people from being able to get into business with you because you've got chicken, roast beef, and hamburgers covered? Does that kind of limit the scope of opportunity for some of those multi-unit operators? You know, not necessarily for us so much, Stan, but perhaps... Oh, the for, brands, the, for the brands they, that they're already with, right? Right. Perhaps there. But, you know, for us, we'll look at anything because we are not focused on chicken. We are not focused on roast beef. We're not focused just on burger. So uh, having that kind of diverse menu allows us to look at many different options. Now, of course, there, there may be, you know, if, if you're a KFC operator, they may not look fondly upon you signing a deal with Roy Rogers or certainly Arby's. We're not concerned about that. There's plenty of operators out there that are not in that space. And uh, yeah, not not even a thought that we gave any real time to. What part of your menu mix would be featuring something more like a Culver's or a Freddy's or a Steak and Shake where you're looking at desserts or beverages and, and shakes as part of the menu mix? Yeah. So, you know, we've always made shakes and we still make them today from scratch. The ice cream freezer is right up front at the counter where you order. And you'll watch your shake being made from scratch, whole milk and ice cream. And you'll see it being made right in front of you. So we do have that. You know, Freddy's and, and Culver's have a much more diverse menu than we do. 
relative to their dessert offerings from custard and things of that nature. For us, it's the shakes and we have we have some other ice cream offerings, but we're happy where we are with that. And the ability for the, the customer to watch us make their shake from scratch is terrific. Well, for me, less is always more when quality is in the mix. So I'll go with that and think that that's probably a winning combination. Greg, we're approaching the finish line. What have I not asked you here today that you wished I would? You know, Stan, as I suspected and as I knew, you're a great interviewer mm-hmm. and your preparation and thoughtfulness comes through immediately. So I cannot think of anything else that we haven't touched on. So I thank you for that. Is there anything on the franchising gives back sphere at all that your company has a cause for? Are there any charities or organizations that they support? Yeah. So uh, if you look at uh, here locally in Frederick, Maryland, the Plamondon family has a long history of philanthropy in the Frederick area and of giving back. And so, yeah, there is a philanthropy is a big part of the the, the main pillars of, of the Roy Rogers brand. And the Plamondon companies as, as a whole, because they're also hotel franchisees of both Hilton and Marriott. They have, uh, I believe, it's 16 hotels that they own and operate as well. So, yeah, philanthropy is a big part of what the Plamondon family does here in the Frederick and, and greater Maryland market. Well, you've whet the appetite. I'm not certain it was a good idea for us to set this interview to be recorded just before lunch, Greg, because I'm going to need to go satisfy that itch right about now, but not before I allow you to tell the audience how they can find you and get in touch with you to learn more. Yeah, sure. So RoyRogersFranchising.com is the website. G Koffler at RoyRogersRestaurants.com is my personal email. That's the best way to reach me. Yeah, I'm available. And that's G-K-O-F-F-L-E-R, correct? That is correct. Yes, thank you. You bet. Greg, it's been a pleasure. Can't wait to see you again someplace on the road sooner than later. I think things are starting to open up again and some actual shows and expos are going back live. Any of those upcoming for you? Yeah, we'll be at the multi-unit franchising conference uh, coming up in August in Las Vegas. And then uh, later in the year, we'll be at the uh, Restaurant Finance Development Conference also in Las Vegas in in November. And we'll have a booth at both of those events. So yeah, we cannot wait to get back on the road, Stan. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing you at both those and many, many more ahead. Greg Koffler, VP of Franchising for the iconic Roy Rogers Restaurants. Thanks for joining us. My pleasure, Stan. Thank you for having me. Well, that's it for today. Until next week, when I'm joined by Tom Wells, managing partner at Ten Point Capital, private equity partners to such rapidly growing and well-known brands as Tropical Smoothie Cafes, Slim Chickens, and one of my personal favorites, Walk-On Sports Bistros. I'm Stan Friedman, wishing you the best, the very best of all things franchising, and Franchise Today is out. Franchise Today is a production of FRM Solutions, providing best-in-class CRM tools to empower relationships with prospective and existing franchisees. No excuses, just solutions. Find them online at frmsolutions.com. Join Stan every Wednesday at noon Eastern for another live episode of Franchise Today. Or, as always, download episodes on demand at blogtalkradio.com or iTunes.